0: YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part they're veteran owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. Man, I have got to tell y'all, I have been crushing this audiobook and I'm hoping. By the time this episode here, this is episode four. I'm hoping by the time this is available, the audiobook will also be available. I was anticipating having it out by spring, but I took a I took a week off, and I was going to go out to to my farm. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to do this audiobook, I got to do it now. I got all this cool recording stuff now. I said, let's go ahead and do it, Daddy. So I did it, man. Knocked it out in a week. Got it all uploaded and everything, and now there's some software issues. So like I said, I'm not a tech guy, but I gotta deal with it. Adapt and overcome. Right? Let me tell you how I almost adapted and overcame that situation. I closed my laptop and I went out to throw it in a fucking pool. <laughs> I, was so, I was so mad, man. You ever heard that saying I've been so mad I could shit in a pool? You ever hear that? You know, if not, you ain't living right. Because that's a really good saying for one, um, for two. Yeah. Anyway. Um, if you can hear some beating in the background, um, people are putting on a roof next door and that's, Oh, by the way, I'm in, I'm in the fucking city again. Um, so there's always that, uh, cause y'all know how much I love being, being here in the city. This audiobook has been a beast. I wasn't expecting it to be so, um, I guess such a pain in the ass. But trying to read it and scroll and enunciate my words. Look, I have a hard time speaking English anyway. Who you know, who learned me how to spoke the King's English? I mean, and so trying to read this book. And it has kicked my ass. Because I'm not one. I cannot sit down and concentrate for too long. But that's what happened when I wrote this book. I got in the zone and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to sit down. And I'm gonna ignore my kids. I'm gonna ignore everybody around me. That's the great kind of father I am, right? And I just locked myself in the back room and I did it. I knocked this thing out. So I'm excited that that's coming out. And I'm excited that it's done. And I honestly I wanna do I wanna do another just an audiobook. And I think I want to do like some um some kind of stories and just just on audible. No edits, no nothing. So it would be like me sitting here talking to you guys, telling stories for like seven or eight hours straight. Let me know if you think that would be a good idea, if that's something you'd be interested in. Because that's that's honestly something that interests me because I have a plethora of shit that I can get into. But I don't know if y'all want to hear about it on podcast after podcast after podcast. Because like I say, we are going to get into interviewing some people here, here and there. So it's not always just going to be about me. But I think a cool... Um, book that hadn't been done, an audio would just be one that's unscripted, unedited, just raw as it can be. That doesn't mean dirty, just, look, if I trip up on some words, it is what it is. Is that something you'd feel like you would waste your money on if you bought? Or something that you would feel money would be well spent because it's not a perfect polished product? So in this episode, I'm still taking uh, some suggestions that I was not able to cover in episode three I had six um, six things outlined that I really wanted to talk about and to keep it under the 35-minute mark, which I'm really shooting for. I just wasn't able to do it. So we're going to use these next three um, topics, hopefully, to cover episode four. And episode five, I'll start getting new new suggestions from you guys. Um, the first step, first topic tonight was um, about, or not even tonight, just whenever you're listening to this, first topic is balancing military life with career and school. So Apparently either this is a I would I would like to think the person that sent this in is a reservist because if they're still in school and they're in the military or they could be active duty and going to school full-time shit. Honestly, I wish I had the answer for that. School was not an option when I was in the Marine Corps. Let me tell you why. We had some dudes that tried to go to school and I remember um we would sit if you don't know what the foc'sle of a ship is, that's in the uh, the very front of the ship. I can't remember the name of it. Is that the bow? Yeah, that's the bow. That's where all the anchors and everything are. They would have college classes in there, but we were in the infantry. So the problem is we were flying off the ship all the time to, to go do whatever the fuck we were doing. And we just were never around to really maintain a good school schedule. So what are you going to do? you going to bring a professor out to the desert? You're going to bring a professor out into the jungle with us? And while we're doing setting up our little claymore mines and digging fighting holes and shit, you're going to teach a goddamn astrology class. Come on, man. Like we, we couldn't do that in the infantry. And now I, the, the gentleman who submitted this, whatever job you have, I hope that the, the, the job that you have in the military accommodates that schedule because there are a lot of, you know, nine to five jobs in the military. Unfortunately, Mine wasn't a nine to five job. So we were seven days a week, 24 hours a day on call and just, um, that's just how it was. So it was very hard for us to balance anything. I mean, it's shit. I remember having girlfriends. That was hard enough to balance. We would have girlfriends you wouldn't see them for two weeks. This is when we were stateside because we're like, sorry, baby girl, we got to go out in the woods and get on this bug spray and go live in these fucking ditches and get eaten by mosquitoes. And shoot blanks at other Marines and pretend that they're hajis. That's what we got going over the next two damn weeks. And so when you come back, your gal, she already found another dude because you just don't have the time. And take prop chances are, if you're in the infantry, she found a nine-to-five Marine. Yeah, Daddy, those are the ones that they could date and see every night. <laughs> um. Good luck balancing anything with military life, you know? Um, I can just speak from, from where I sat and it was very, very difficult. I remember guys, I remember actually my second Lieutenant, he was, he, he was, that's it. If you don't know, that's actually a rank. He's a second Lieutenant. So he's a boot, what we call a boot Lieutenant. And I talk about boots in my, in my book where a boot is considered a new guy. So our second Lieutenant, he was, um, he was on a ship and he was trying to teach some of us math. Let me tell you something. We are a bunch of fucking cavemen in the infantry. And I'm not saying that infantrymen are stupid, but we were just cavemen and we really didn't care about, you know, numbers and. You know, I'm so dumb. I can't even think of an equation. I was trying to think of a smart equation to give you guys. I couldn't even think of it. So that that's that's that infantry mindset. Here's the problem. You may know all the damn fancy words with math and all that, and I don't know, but I guarantee you I could outmath you in the streets. Huh? When, shit, when it goes dollar for dollar, I'll outmouth a motherfucker in a heartbeat because I, 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 may, I may not be intellectually. Intellectually, um, took me twice saying that word. So I might be not. <laughs> this is so much fun. I, I might not be intellectually on your level but get in the streets and we'll get, we'll get on the level and, uh, will show you how to earn. And that's what it's about, man. It's about keeping your fucking lights on at the end of the day. And that's what a lot of us have to do. And that's why I like the Marine Corps because in the infantry, it taught us how to suffer, right? It taught us how to make the best out of any situation that you're put in every single time. I'm not going to go scenario after scenario after scenario, but for four years straight, we were in the shittiest of situations that a human being can imagine. And every time we come out on the winning end and I use that winning mindset today, you know, I don't walk into any situation really intimidated ever because of that, because I know that I'm going to adapt and I'm going to overcome whatever the fuck it is that's put in front of me. And I apply that to life. I apply that to mental health. You have to think that way. You have to know that you're strong enough and resilient enough to get over whatever it is you're trying to get over, right? Or get in front of whatever you're trying to get in front of. That's not to say that we're not allowed to be beat down for a little while, man, because, you know, shit, I got I got beat down for a long time and it took me a while to snap out of it, but I remembered where I came from. I remembered my roots, those strong-ass roots, and I remembered that and I applied everything in life that I had learned. And we got away from the balancing of s- school, but that's, Hey, that's this podcast, baby girl. That's, that's how it is. This is raw and uncut. Now I can go back. I've learned a few editing tricks. I'm not going to lie. Since episode one, I've come a long way. I could hit stop on this bitch right now, go back, hit edit, cut and paste. And y'all never know. I made an accident. I could go back and take out the part telling you that I'm not intellectually on your level, but I'm not going to do that because I'm transparent and I'm real. This is who I am. You don't like it. I already told you I don't give a fuck. So that's, that's how it goes, man. I mean, um, hope that answered your question with balance. Now I'm going to stay on balance for a second because balance really is a very important topic. You have to have that. Even if you're not in the military even if whoever's listening to this has never served a day in the military, um, shit, you could be a colonel in the Salvation Army. That's technically not in the military, you know, but we'll call you a colonel. You have to balance that Salvation Army and your family life. If you—that <laughs> was a stupid joke—but if you if you work at a bank and then you come home and you bring work home with you, you better know how to balance that out. I'll tell you right now, I'm—I still have to focus and try really hard with balance. This is no bullshit. My kids came home yesterday. I'm at the end of my book. Literally, when they walked in the door, I could hear, I said, fuck. I saw the finish line on my book. And I had to stop my book. And I went in there and talked to them for a few minutes. And this is something I'm not happy or um, not proud of. I shushed them. I said, look, I need y'all to be quiet for about an hour. So I gave them whatever I could give them to kind of keep them quiet, whether that was gummy bears, candy, whatever. I put him in the playroom, turned on a little cartoon for him, shut the door, and I came in here and finished my book. The entire time I was finishing my book, I was thinking, this fucking book can wait. Being their dad cannot. And look, I don't pretend to get it right every time. I fuck up all the time. I'm far from imperfect. I think I think that all of you guys know that. You know, I put I put my shit out there, so... I can't go back and and redo that, but I think what happens is we get so selfish. Some of us, anyways, in my world, um, I was actually went camping with a guy one time, and we agreed that we were selfish fathers because some some of the things that we have going on in life are always more pressing than spending the you know that hour with our children. Now I spend a lot of time with my kids. I make I make every effort that I can to do things with them, but what I'm trying to get better at is realizing the balance, like, look, is what I'm doing really that important? I'm recording a fucking audiobook for Christ's sakes. I can get to it. It's not a live event. I can put that on hold and spend this next hour with my kids or I can give them some gummy bears, shut them the fuck up and get in here and record. It's just one of those things. So sometimes I get selfish. Now I won't say sometimes, a lot of times, a lot of times I get selfish like that with my time and whatever I have going on is more important, but I'm aware of that. And I'm trying to be um, be better with that. I'm trying to get to a point where I can stop the things that I'm doing and just put it on the back burner. Because that's something I've never been good at. I've, my mind has always been 100 miles an hour. When I get focused on something, I get so laser focused on it that it gets every ounce of attention that I have. And that's from sunup to sundown. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I feel like when i look back at it sometimes it robs me of moments that i'll never be able to get back so just keep that in mind if you're if you're similar if you're that way and you know somebody wants a little bit of your time think about it you know it's that's the only thing we got in this world is whatever time that we have left so we have to choose it wisely do we not you know i i harp on that all the time we only have so much time we only have so much time be greedy and stingy with your time don't Don't give your fucking work and your project times over your family. You know, if my kids walk in here right now, I'm sitting here talking all this shit. But I guarantee you, I'd go. Yo, shut the fuck up, goddamn! I gotta just play. They walk in right now. I'm shutting this recording off, and this will be that'll be one edit that is in here because I'm aware of that. I got another topic. It's um, perspective thoughts from spouses, right? And I'm not at the point where I can. Record spouses yet, because I've got so much going on, and just not at the the place where I can have guests on the show. I think I'm gonna talk for some spouses though, and this is perspective thoughts on spouses of first responders, and I guess we can we can loop um military we- can, I think we can probably loop hospital workers in there um any kind of people that are exposed to any kind of traumas um I think the hardest job is being the spouse or loved one of the person that is in the serving capacity. If that makes sense when I said that. I tried to slow down because my brain sometimes goes a lot faster than my mouth. Or my mouth goes faster than my brain. Um, Because we know, this is me being the role of a firefighter, police officer and all that stuff. I know what I put up with in the streets. I know what I see out there, right? But I can't come home and talk about it. And, and, and I talk about this when I do my motivational speeches. Because nine times out of ten, your spouse is in a different profession and they are not going to relate. How do you come home and tell your spouse about holding a dead child today and watching them take their last breath? How do you do that? I talked about a, um, an incident that involved some friends of ours on a beach one time last summer with my, with my child and my child got hurt and, um, there were no adults around. Keep a long story short. I got pissed because I trusted some adults with my child. It was the first time I'd ever let my child out of my sight, like literally out of my sight. And the one time I did it backfired on me. And I was trying not to be hypervigilant. I was trying not to um think too much into it. But the worlds I, that I have lived in inevitably led me to start thinking that way when I couldn't see my child. So I went to check on my child come to find out she cut her foot on an oyster. She was down there by the water, big water where if she would have got into, she could have drowned, okay? I've actually been to I've actually been to calls, I'm trying to, it's hard to talk about some of this stuff. I've been to a call, let's just say, where a young girl drowned in a pool and there were adults around, okay? And I had to deal with that. I dealt, I remember the screams and all this. I remember the fighting amongst the adults. So that afternoon when my daughter was put in a similar situation, you know, I got, I got a little out of hand. I, I did with some adults. Okay. I own my shit. Um, but nobody understood where I was coming from and they probably all thought I was overreacting because in my world, I wasn't overreacting in their world. They've never been exposed to the things that I've been exposed to. And no matter how I tried to make them understand, I was the asshole. It didn't matter what the damage was done. I said the things that I said, whatever, the fucking moved on. I didn't even want to bring this up, but it kind of falls right into line with this topic. Um, There are people that do not live in our world. They think they understand, but they don't. I was grilling chicken one time. I've told this story on a podcast, too. I I was grilling chicken one time. My wife came out to talk to me, and she um, she was asking me what was wrong. And I was, man, I'll tell you right now, I was, I was, I was triggered. My mind was in a very dark place while I was grilling this chicken. And I looked over at her and I thought about telling her, but then I was like, there's no point. Because if I tell her, what's that going to do? So I told her nothing was going on. And um, I'm sure she thought it was probably something she did. But this is how our lack of communication in a relationship can, can ruin us. And if your spouse doesn't understand this, they can think it's something that they're doing. Long story short, what happened was when I was grilling that chicken, I remembered my friend Lewis's face that was burnt off in a fire. And when I was kneeling beside his body, looking at his face, all I could see was his skull. And when I was watching that chicken cook, I could hear it popping and sizzling. And I was thinking about his, my friend's final moments. So how do you go from grilling chicken and your wife comes out smiling? To, What's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. Just thinking about my friend's face burning off. You know what I mean? Cause then they look at you like, what in the fuck is wrong with you? And there's nothing good can come of that. So that's why a lot of times spouses are reluctant to communicate with one another, especially guys and girls that are in the serving capacity military law enforcement um, nurses doctors etc so a lot of times the communication problems that you have between one another is probably more of a you wouldn't kind of understand if I wanted to start talking anyway you know so that's why that's why we are the way that we are and I, I hope that I hope that kind of makes sense so That's why I think the spouses actually have it the toughest because we know we're fucked up, right? But the poor spouses on the other end, they're just kind of waiting to see whoever their loved one is when they're coming home, what they're getting that day. And I've been on that. I've I've been that guy like, Hey, I'm coming home and I don't know which me you're going to get today. I don't know if you're going to get flashback me. I don't know if you're going to get everything is fine me. Or I don't know if you're going to get middle of the road me. I just don't know what I'm going to give you. But when I walk in the door and boom, I am met with screaming kids and I'm automatically thinking back to the day a kid got fucking run over. And I was on a call where a little kid got run over and his fucking brothers and sisters are sitting there screaming. That's part of one of the, the reasons I have the triggers to children screaming amongst many others that I probably would never ever get into. That's why. So you can be happy one second coming home and then bam, you're slapped in the face with a reminder and it was unintentional, but I immediately flash back and I'm now I'm living in another, um, almost dimension. I'm almost living in another time while I'm in standing in the living room with my bags, my work clothes, trying to smile and be happy while I greet everybody. But inside I'm, I have utter turmoil and I'm shaking and I just want to get out of this environment where everybody's screaming and happy and and you guys are 100% in the normal. I mean, it's just normal. You guys are right and it's me. I'm the affected one. And that's why a lot of these times these emergency service workers kill themselves. I mean, it is true. They, because they feel like nobody understands them and it's a shitty, shitty place to be in and they feel like it's, um, people would be better off without them. And I know I can speak intelligently about that because I had, I felt like that for many years until I started addressing my issues. So I hope that, I hope that, um, maybe answer some of the questions to the young lady who sent that in. These are all topics that we can get very, very long winded on. You guys just, when you hear these episodes, DM me, tell me your thoughts on them and we can we can piggyback off of them all day long. So I don't have to sit here and talk about it for you know three hours and run it to the ground. Um, I do want to address this one because I talked about it in the last episode in episode three. I closed out and, and the question was, or the suggestion was, volunteer firefighters who sign up who have no experience with uh, training when it comes to mental health, how can they work through trauma calls that they have been to? And I have some notes here about volunteers. So volunteers are very, very special people. One, they don't get benefits Two, I think they get like a $3,000 tax deduction. That's about all you get for risking your life at any given moment. Saying goodbye to your family when you're running out the door to go help a complete stranger that you may never come home again. So you get a $3,000 tax write-off. I don't think people thank them enough. Um, as I mentioned, I was a professional firefighter and what that means is professional firefighters are paid firefighters and we have benefits and we have all that shit and we work in a station 24 hours on, that's our full-time job. Well, the guys and girls that I worked around, they got it. We were all very similar. We'd go to a shooting call or uh, one time I went to a, uh, let's just tell you, I went to, I went to a, um, a suicide one time when I was a police officer. Or when, excuse me, when I was a fireman, the guy shot himself in the face with a shotgun. And uh, we all went to that call. And then when we come back, guess what? Um, we were all there. We understood what happened. So we went about our normal work day the way we needed to go about it. We came back. We cleaned up our station. We did our stuff. We had dinner that night. And, but now imagine that guy. I, I talked about this episode now. In the last episode, imagine that guy has to go to a call like that, leaving his full time job, running to a call like that. Let's say he's in the customer service industry. He leaves his customer service job to go help somebody. And after seeing that, not being prepared for that, he signed up with the best of intentions, not realizing, hey, this is some of the shit that I'm going to see. And then he comes back to his customer service job. How do you act like you didn't see that? How do you just go back to being around corporate people who are just on this cloud nine sitting in a fucking cubicle who's never been exposed to anything? Hey, did you get a copy of the TPS reports off space call back there? How do you even appear normal? You know, I mean, that, so that's got to be hard for these volunteer firefighters to just be normal. At a nor at a normal job, like at least firemen, we're all fucked up, right? We are all and police too, y'all motherfuckers, y'all are fucked up. Don't act holier than thou like y'all aren't, cause y'all are. I know how that I know how that culture is. But we get to go back and be fucked up together. These poor folks don't; they have to go back and pretend. Because if they go back and start showing any kinds of any kind of like. Sanity issues, they probably lose their job. Whereas us, we come back to the fire station start playing these evil pranks on one another and everybody's just laughing, thinking it's a good time. You know, fuck around, go back to Best Buy and pull the chain off of a fucking chainsaw and go lay that across somebody's chest. People are going to think something's fucking wrong with you. Do that at a fire station, it's fully acceptable. <laughs> if you guys didn't hear that prank, that was a prank that was played on a, a guy that I worked with. I wasn't there at the time. But it actually caused him to go into cardiac arrest. The Firefighters cranked up a chainsaw. They tied this dude down to the bed. And uh, they walked in with a chainsaw with it running. And the blade was actually spinning on it. And then they shut it off. It was in the middle of the night. They were doing the seance around him. So they shut it off. And one of them said, shit, it ran out of gas. So he walks outside. Well, right outside the room, they had another chainsaw. But they pulled the chain off. And say so they fired it back up like they went and filled it up with gas, but it was a different saw. And they walked back in, and the guy's yelling, stop, stop, stop. And they touched his chest with it. And when they did, he had a fucking heart attack. Now, these are stories you cannot make up. That really happened. That's what it's like in a firehouse. Now, imagine you work at Best Buy in the television section, and that's how you deal with the trauma that you saw, that you want to go just fucking walk in there with <laughs> chainsaw and act like you gonna cut somebody up in the damn break room while they're eating their damn tv dinner lunch shit all right there's turkey barking i bet them kids are here turkey y'all hear that turkey sue quit turkey sue's discipline my dog catch a ass whipping she knows all right sorry daddy i didn't mean to talk out of turn no, i'm kidding i ain't going shit that that dog, I wouldn't touch that dog. All that dog gets is kisses. You guys kiss your damn dogs. I kiss my dog. On, oh my god, probably 150 times a day. But I hope that makes sense with the um, with the firefighters, the volunteer firefighters. I mean, that's a that's another topic, man. That you can just you can cruise on for for two days talking about that stuff. I mean, you guys could probably. I, I think at some point I'll start getting some of the calls you went on. And if y'all want to start sharing calls and stuff that you've been on, horrible calls or whatnot, that you, I mean, if if you don't mind sharing them and talk about how it may affect you and your family, I won't call you out on here. I won't, I won't use your names or anything, but I can talk about your stories and we can bring these things to life just to show the rest of the listeners that I'm not full of shit. You know, I know some of the poor wives out there because my wife, trust me, this poor woman, I would come home and just be dead silent and just look mad at the world because inside I was, and it sucked for her. And she was like, "What did I do now? What did I do now?" And then she didn't do anything. It's just that's the world we live in, and unfortunately, unless we start addressing it, and that's the problem with dudes like us and and, and some women like us, we don't address it because we're too strong because we're used to putting on that superhero cape, right? That chest, that 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 suit of armor. We're indestructible. We are the people that help other people. We're not the people who ask for help. Let me say that again. We are the people who help other people. We are not the people who ask for help. And that has to change, my friends. It's okay to not be okay. I talk about that religiously. We are human beings. We're not machines, although we think we are. There's nothing wrong was stepping to the side and saying, hey, I, I need I need to see somebody. I was talking to the FBI SWAT team one time in Columbia, South Carolina, and I told them, I said, look, SWAT team's are all about being in shape and everything and being proficient with their weapons and kicking the shit out of doors and kicking them so hard to fucking hinges fly off and hit the bad guy on the other side, right? It's about being a badass, right? It's about being surgical with your trade. You look at a lot of those dudes, a lot of them really jacked up from the gym and stuff, and there's some little wiry guys in there too, but for the most part, you look at SWAT teams, man, they're pretty jacked up dudes. And I was talking to the FBI SWAT team, and I said, look, do you want the guy on point about to kick a door going into a violent fugitive's house that's got the biggest muscles and is in the best shape of his life? but he's one of the most fucked up human beings in the head because he never went and got help for himself. Do you want that guy at the door? Or do you want the smaller guy who may be not as big and strong and fast, but he's laser focused because he's been getting the the mental help that he needs to ensure the safety of him and his men around him? That's the dude I want on the door. Not the big dumb ox who's hiding all of his problems and he's not going to be focused because I don't need a dude when he's pieing off a corner to be thinking about some trauma that he was involved in or some bad shooting he had or the fucking home life that sucks at home. I don't need him thinking about that when bullets start flying down range. I need him focused. And that's why we got to take care of ourselves because what we, don't, what we don't realize is if we don't take care of us, we're not taking care of those around us. That goes for our immediate family, our blood family, and our work family. So what are some habits that we can do to start taking care of ourselves just on a small scale? If, we're, if, we, if you've been you know, kind of neglecting your, your mental health or even your physical health, um, what are some small things? Let's not make these crazy uh, obstacles that are so difficult that we get worn out trying to uh, get over them together. So let's focus on doing some small adjustments in our life or in our day. Let's focus on getting five minutes a day out of our normal routine. To generate a little bit of happiness. Are you stuck inside at work all day and a cubicle's driving you crazy, but you can't really get the time to go out? Well, make the time. Get some time, go outside and just get five minutes of air. Do something different. Take a different route to work. Do little things. Come home, try to shake off whatever it is at work, or even better yet, try to communicate it with your spouse. I challenge you that. Try to communicate something troubling in your life that you don't think your spouse will understand and give them a chance. That's a that's actually pretty good. I just thought of that. I don't have any shit. Y'all you know me. I don't have any notes in here other than the requests. That's good. Try to sit down with your spouse and um, spouses, let them talk and try to see it from their point of view. And I think that's, a, that's one of the hardest things in a, in a two-way conversation is understanding the other point of view. Or even considering the other point of view. So let's try that together. You guys do that. Knock yourselves out. Have a great weekend or a great week whenever you're listening to this episode. You damn well deserve it. So quit holding yourself back. This life isn't holding you back. You can have everything in life that you want. I promise you. You can accomplish anything you want. You can be happy. You can have adventure. You can have all of that. You just got to stop doing the same shit that you've been doing. Switch it up a little bit. Go get it. You deserve it. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time.